Hello there and welcome back to the SWTVC podcast, the audio home of the SWTVC crew and the ongoing push for the continued existence, expansion, and success of the heritage scale of Star Wars collecting. We have a Rancor-sized episode for you because we gotta talk about the Rancor. And at the time of recording this, 10.45 p.m. Mountain Time, there it is, at long last, the Rancor campaign is over, and what a wild ride it was. Despite hitting a little over 8,500 backers, it is currently being zeroed out, and the Rancor has officially not been funded, and it will not be entering production. It shall remain just a dream item and a footnote in the storied history of Star Wars collecting. Saturday morning, John and myself sat down and had an honest discussion about the Rancor and kind of running through this campaign and our thoughts on it. Um, We weren't doing it here to spread negativity or actively root for anything to fail, as you'll hear. Uh, And I'm going to keep this brief here. I just want to say this at the top of the show that my issues with the Rancor campaign itself personally were more with the implications and messaging that were signaled to us collectors by a lot of the strange choices and the handling of this entire project and campaign from concept to execution. It was never with the Rancor item itself. The Rancor, it's an impressive piece. It is an impressively designed piece. And I I am truly, truly bummed for those who did want a Rancor in their six-inch collection, sorry, and they aren't able to have it. That is, I I never, I never want, I never want someone to not have something that they want. I don't believe it's an either or game. I don't subscribe to that. I don't enjoy that concept. Uh, That said, I hope the right lessons are learned here from both Hasbro and collectors. And I hope this doesn't hurt the future of Star Wars Haslabs in general, especially considering the TVC crest is still firmly in the second place spot for most successful. I'm not here to spread negativity, but just to look at why things might or might not work. The point here I'm trying to make is that while a lot of our frustration and ire as collectors is perfectly valid. I mean, trust me, we're TVC collectors. That's the name of the game for us. The best course of action here is to now use that constructively. Let's have meaningful discussion. Let's put in the work to educate ourselves and our collecting brethren. And let's show our passion for this hobby, for Star Wars. Let's work together towards a better collecting future. Does that come in the way of fan-organized campaigns, of being specific about what we want, trying to communicate to Hasbro of what we're looking for when it comes to what we're collecting? I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why SWTVC exists, to be able to try to communicate what fans of the heritage scale of three and three quarter inch are asking Hasbro for what Hasbro does from there. That's up to them. All we can do is try just of it is the rancor didn't back. I personally don't think six inch can sustain world building things. So, you know, I, I hope this was a clear message to, to Hasbro that if they want to do world building items like the rancor, Maybe stick to TVC for that kind of stuff. That's kind of why it was created in the first place, so that this world could be built out. Anyway, I, again, you know, I'm so sorry for taking up so much time in this intro. I did not mean to, nor did I really want to, because 
I talk a lot in this episode. Uh, John and I sat down on Saturday to talk about the Rancor before it even ended, kind of where we were thinking it was going. I never expected this to happen, at least not like this. I didn't expect, I did fully expect it to back. I expected it to hit around 9,000. I'm shocked. Uh, like I said, I hope the right lessons were learned here. Uh, this certainly was an interesting campaign. Anyway, without further ado, here's the chat. That's the nice part about recording intros later is you can just kind of start. Yeah. It's uh, my favorite part. Yes. Um, <laughs> so as we record this, it is what Saturday, uh, there's 48 mm -hmm. hours pretty much until the rancor is either backed or not backed and Malachili exists or doesn't exist. Yes. I'll just say just as an update, as we're recording, it's two days, 11 hours, one minute until it closes. Okay. And we are off by 11 hours. Yes. <laughs> And we're at 59% backed or 5,296 of 9,000 backers. And let's check in at the end of the episode. Yeah, sounds it, good. How it moves or not. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, John, actually, while you're, while you're uh, all primed and ready with information, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started and talk briefly about not only the history of this HasLab campaign, but kind of a, just a brief overview of uh, bigger items in the Black series as well. I know there's been a bit of a uh, uh, interesting short history for those. Yes. So. I mean, the, all of Black Series has a, a somewhat short history since it launched in 2013, but eight short years ago, eight and a half years ago now, I guess. Um, so they, in addition to the 20 to $25 basic figure, um, Hasbro tried some mid-sized $40 sets in 2014 with creatures like Jabba, the Tauntaun, the Wampa, or a speeder bike. Um, the big big first item was the $180 first order TIE fighter in 2015. That enormous giant TIE fighter yeah. that I have. Do you have that? I do. And, uh, and yeah, have, <laughs> yeah. Six, seven years later, whatever it is, I still have not figured out a place to put it. Did you pay full price for it? I did not. Um, did anyone? So as, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. So <laughs> I was able to get it from a friend who found it for, I think $50 ish. Yeah. What What about you? Um, I have it. Still has the clearance price tag on it. I got it for like forty two something. Forty two and change was what it was finally marked down to. It was the last one uh, in the yeah. Colorado area. Actually, uh, I found it by chance uh, doing some nice. brick seeking back in twenty fifteen or sixteen, <laughs> whatever that was. So you know, we give we give the the TBS crowd a lot of guff for being the clearance scale, um, but you know they kind of we're sort of primed for that because the first giant item went on such deep clearance. Yeah. So after that, they kind of scaled back. They did a third of the price to $60 vehicles around 2016 with uh, Luke and Ray's Landspeeders, uh, the Dewback, an Infus Nest swoop bike. They tried $50 centerpiece statues of Vader, Luke, Kylo, Ray. Uh, and then they've had some $30 deluxe figures of sort of varying success. You know, we all saw Moloch for years after Solo came out, or months anyway. Um, some of them did better. Like, I think Grievous did probably okay. He was an exclusive, I think. Uh, um, the yeah, I think he was a fan channel exclusive. Maybe I, I do remember the Gamorrean guard was hard to get that first time though. You were just yeah. sorry, you were just about to jump into that one, and I know he was uh, uh, bungled product launch, one of those yes. elusive exclusives at Target, and yeah. then became very widely available. Very 
Yeah, and then they brought him back as a fan channel exclusive. So we have not had an issue getting the Gamorrean Guard, if you want one, in Black Series. And uh, put a pin in that for a few minutes later. I think you can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so sort of the last giant Black Series uh, item was the $125 Snowspeeder with Dak Relter, sort of to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, which I also have. Do you have that one? I do do but as you're running through them and i'm looking at the list of them i i am realizing that i i literally did not pay full price for any of these <laughs> any of them i got them all yeah. on some form of clearance i think i i think i got the snow speeder for a hundred <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's been on sale you, you know every every so often someone will GameStop or somebody will run a sale and oh it's uh they're still available okay good for them yeah well, let me uh, and let me go ahead and just uh, remind folks why it's John and I talking to you right now is we are the resident scale traders of SWTVC yes. where uh, we've both uh, collected uh, most, if not all of the Black Series over the past how many years, eight years or so. I, I know I was playing catch up in 2015, um, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Anyway, continue. John. Well, however, do you want to do a little backstory on where we are with the Black Series in general or save it for a little bit later? Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mostly save it for balance the scales, uh, which will be sure. coming soon, but I do just want to go ahead and mention that, you know, the black series did start in 20, what, 2013 mm-hmm. as, as a bit of like a, a showcase line, a supplementary sort of line. I think there were only eight figures, uh, two waves that first year. Um, Yeah. To me, it's one of those, and I've I've said this to you before, and in you know our SWTVC group chat with the guys, where I did really like the Black Series as supplementary line. It's just one of those things where I got hooked, and it keeps going, and it won't end, and I keep feeling compelled to buy more and more and more, Uh, and to the point wires got crossed that somehow this showcase line of like you know making premium nice versions of core characters and whatnot uh, in a in an alternate scale kind of somehow was a perfect storm of getting shuffled around in that D- Disney acquisition time to somehow becoming what people thought was the flagship of action figure lines. So yeah. Yeah. Again, stay tuned for balance the scales. We'll delve way more deep into the the history of all that. It's just kind of uh, uh, yeah. interesting and frustrating at times. I'll just say briefly, my uh, I'm sort of on the same wavelength of that of like, you know, through, the history of the line alongside the three and three quarter inch main line, there was always little sidelines, whether it was micro collection or 12 inch or, you know, the Epic force nine inch figures or yeah. Like unleashed. Like, yeah. Yeah. Things that would run for a little bit and, you know, be a cool little side collection and then end after a couple of years and say, okay, now they'll try something new. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were, you know, throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks and we're hoping for a big success. And, yeah, Black Series sort of supplanted three and three quarter as the main focus of a lot of stuff, and we'll be getting into that more with a lot of coverage over the next month. But um, yeah, sort of, so sort of the larger items though have struggled to justify their place at retail, um, from what I can tell, just like anecdotally, you know, more than anything else. I think that's um, fairly supported by most folks' experience, but yeah, because I think, like you said, it's a good showpiece for cool main characters that look great as action figures but yeah. when you get into the world building element that's really something that fits best in vintage collection which sort of brings us to in the start of the rancor mm-hmm. in 2019 as you have written um at san diego comic-con 
they did a Jabba's Palace display, and they were doing, they've done awesome dioramas at uh, celebrations and other conventions over the last few years. Um, it was sort of half vintage collection Jabba's Sail Barge. That was a year that was uh, releasing, or at some point after that fact. I believe this is the diorama, correct? It was like yes. half vintage collection with Jabba's Sail Barge and the, the skiffs, and then half Jabba's Palace, which was Black Series. It was a very sparse Jabba's Palace because we still have, they're only now getting Bib Fortuna in six inch. Um, and the, the Luke they, that they used too is what they just yeah. used scissors to cut some little pieces of fabric yeah. <laughs> to make him look like the Jedi Knight Luke. Yeah, because uh, yeah, his Death Star 2 sort of post indoor look was released in one of the early waves. And then, but yeah, but they didn't have a, a Jedi Knight Luke. Um, but they did include a giant Rancor in that display. It was no articulation. Um, but now if you look at photos, it seems to be the, uh, you know, the grandfather of this current Rancor. Yeah. Same or very similar sculpt. Um, Just some slightly I'm, different placing of articulation points, really. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure they got a lot of cool feedback of people saying, oh, my gosh, that, that looks awesome. Does that translate to people actually wanting it? Uh you know, I, did, I didn't see, I personally didn't see a lot of people asking for a Rancor in Black Series. I don't really follow Black Series as closely as I do Vintage Collection. I don't know if you have the same experience. I, I, I don't think I ever saw anyone genuinely ask for a Rancor in the Black Series. I know personally that was never anything I had even had on my radar. Uh, yeah. At all. I, I've even dragged, I dragged my feet. I just got the, uh, the Legacy Collection one. Uh, or right. The, uh yeah the 2012 ish really somewhere in there 2013 ish um for three and three quarter inch and yeah love it but again it you know it, since it was older it wasn't really on my priority thing but my fervor for having a ranker of course was reignited by this yeah. whole campaign but i didn't want the one that they were currently offering yeah so. and uh, I guess that's that's a good place to jump in and say there have been several Rancors in the three and three quarter scale, three point seven five inch scale over the years. There was the vintage Kinner one, of course. There was the Power of the Force two one in 1998 with Luke and a Bone, uh, same wave uh, as a Bantha with a Tuscan Raider. Uh, and then in 2008 for the Force Unleashed, they sculpted a brand new, uh, the Jungle Rancor from Felucia with a Felucian Rider, uh, and then that was sort of like a pre-paint. Um, so they did a Jabba's Palace version around 2008, 2009 Legacy Collection. There's there's a sort of lighter colored version and a darker version. And then they repacked that with a new Jabba and a couple other figures in uh, in the three and three quarter Black Series as a Toys R Us exclusive in 2014 or 15-ish. So we are good on Rancors in uh, three and three quarter scale. So I guess it was time for Six Inch to give it a go. Um, yeah. It, it yeah it's not so much that I, I i don't want people to have things offered in six inch it's just that i don't quite understand some of the, some of the things i don't understand yeah. the rancor in six inch if that makes sense but that's just that's my own personal thought yeah on it. i mean I, I don't know as as a collector of both scales i mean I, it's definitely a been there done that situation since we have so many in three and three quarter you know we've been there we've done that a little bit if you collect yeah. both both scales uh so then and and then what june 9th was that when the i am your father's day live stream was um mm -hmm. that's when hasbro um announced the black the the first ever black series has lab that was going to be coming this year 2021 
Um, you know, they, yeah. I think, was it Patrick that said, uh, quote, vehicles work great for the vintage collection in HasLab. We've done the barge, we've done the Razor Crest, but this Black Series HasLab will not be a vehicle. Uh, was that Patrick? Or? Yeah, it, it was indeed, yes. Okay, cool. So, which kind of shows, you know, I don't know if that was acknowledging the fact that vehicles don't typically do that great in Black Series, but it also kind of narrows down the list of what it's going to be if you assume that they're following the format of a giant item uh, that they couldn't sell at retail, that they might not be able to sell at retail otherwise. So it's kind of like, ah, okay, you start thinking, do I have space for this? Do I? Is there something that I really want? It's it's probably the Rancor, yeah, which was confirmed uh, a short time <laughs> later, about a month later. Yeah, July fifteenth, right? Yeah, on a, on one of the the fan site Q and A's following another event, I believe. Um, somebody was asking about international availability for Haslab, so Patrick was kind of running down the history of them and it was a total slip of the tongue you know we're all human uh at least i think i am but he said you know it's, <laughs> it's tbd days. for yeah <laughs> it's tbd for future haslab items again it's evolving quickly so we'll see even for the rancor then you kind of saw the light uh fade from his eyes yeah. sorry for the black series item that's launching whenever that may be we'll see what we do with that and then he tried to walk it back at the end by saying, I think, at, quote, I think at the start of the interviews, I mentioned a character in regards to HasLab. Honestly, just thinking of a different item. We've gone through so many characters. Don't want any fans to get their hopes up. We are excited for that project. We're going to reveal that later, but we're not trying to break any news that doesn't actually exist. Um, God bless him for trying. Nobody yeah. bought that for a second. No, it was. It's unfortunate, you know, when you're talking. I'm sure we've said stuff that we didn't, you know, mean yeah, to say or whatever. The beauty of doing this uh, not live yep. most of the time. It's easy to cut. <laughs> yeah, now you know why we edit this show. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, wasn't what the, the the next day that they yeah they announced yes. it uh, proper on StarWars.com? There was no need to report that to him until they had something to report. And the very next day they had something to report mm -hmm. uh, when they officially announced that the Ranker was coming later this year. I, I, I felt bad during that whole, yeah. that whole thing. Um, especially, you know, with the whole, I don't, I don't want to get any fans uh, to get their hopes up when he said that. And, you know, yeah. here we sit now and I look at the Ranker and I'm like, yeah, I don't think anybody got their hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nobody's that's a low dig. For this really. <laughs> but well, yeah, I mean, we're still two days out and I don't think anybody's hopes are too terribly high for this. Yeah. So, it wasn't until October 22nd during PulseCon that they actually launched the campaign uh, with digital gray images of the Rancor. The, the brand team, I think they had like a special event. So after they revealed a lot of stuff for TBC and TBS, the, the Maldo Crease packs and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they had, they had a separate uh, PulseCon panel right afterwards. But they talked a lot about the drool, uh, the wingspan, you know, that there was going to be 900 deco hits. Um, is it 900 things, I, for some reason I keep getting wires crossed in my brain where I'm like 600 800 900 600 yeah oh, oh the 900 number is burned into my brain with okay. uh yeah I mean there's been a lot of numbers of the, the different backers and you know there's supposed to be 9,000 backers that was the set um they show the wingspan of 42 inches that you know the Rancor nobody's gonna pose a Rancor in, in the the Michael Jordan poster wingspan pose you can if you want to, I guess. You know, it sort of seemed like they were focusing on a lot of stuff that was very impressive from a manufacturing, design, engineering standpoint. And that's awesome for them. Um, as a collector, I didn't, I wasn't super compelled by that initial um, sales pitch. Yeah. Talking about the durometer of the legs or whatever, you know. Same. I, you know, 
I mean, you, if I if I were to ever get one of these in the future, buying it off the secondary market, if it backs, yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't <laughs> see myself backing it in the next couple of days. Um, I of course I I would be that guy that I would display my rancor in a T pose all the time, but <laughs> just because you could, or you yeah, know. just because I could. But th- that sure. is kind of where I'm going with that is that I think some of the stuff that I, when I look at the rank and I look at the mock-ups, like, yes, it is impressively engineered and designed. Um, I almost wonder if it was just kind of over engineered. Uh, yeah. If that makes any sense, but that's something we can get into later when we're talking about price and all that. Sure. Well, yeah. So that was the first time we saw it. So we started to have these sort of questions about, mm, did they need to do it like that? Um, but at the same time, I, I don't have the exact quote, but uh, I believe they said they would reveal the first tier when it backed. As has uh, been protocol for all Star Wars Haslabs, pretty much. Yes. Um, well, the previous yeah, oh, one being the Ranker, the barge doesn't count. Or the previous being the Razor Crest, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Razor Crest. And yeah, we, we'll kind of look at how they did different uh, tiers. And, and But um, yeah, so they did not hold to this, obviously, mm-hmm. because just quickly, I'll say the Razor Crest backed, you know, within tw- about 26 hours. Um, this one did not. Let's just say that it is still mm-hmm. not backed. Fifty-one forty-two. Um, yes. Uh, yes, November, that was as high as it got. Yeah, was on November fifth, I think was, or was it? Yeah, I think that yeah. was as high as it got because yeah. So the next, so they didn't wait till it got backed. They needed to sort of get people excited for it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the tears are as much a marketing move as an actual. You know, to keep it in the fan conversation, to keep it in the news or whatever um to kind of continue it through the campaign so it doesn't all i think like the sentinel backed within the first day yeah. within, within pretty quickly not maybe not the first day but very quickly so then they some of these campaigns they have to then sort of find ways to keep it still exciting and interesting yeah or to make it exciting and interesting to begin with well um, i don't I, and who could have really foreseen them kind of needing to do that yeah. after the how the previous Haslab had performed and when they look at it they're probably just looking at it as Star Wars Haslab, not necessarily Black Series, right. and Black Series and Vintage Collection. Even though they really hyped up that this is the first Black Series Haslab, it, to the, I think to the people who count the beans, it was oh yeah, it's just Star Wars. They'll be fine. Yeah, so. uh, the last one did great. Yep. So they did reveal the first tier on November fifth in a live stream. Um, that was when they had the designers, uh, talking about it, and they had more you know digital model images of the Rancor and the Stormtrooper. Uh, it was uh, Jing really and showing, Eric talking about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. They were really showing their Star Wars bona fides, talking about how much they love the scene with uh, the Stormtrooper and the Rancor. <laughs> mm, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I, I posted a fun photo of that. Uh, <laughs> not, not in a mean way, just, you know, I was having my Rancor, my three and three quarter inch Rancor, eating some Stormtroopers, you know, that iconic yes. scene from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> we all love and remember as it definitely happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were leading into revealing the Rancor, the um, the Gamorrean Guard for the Rancor, which was that scene that where, you know, where the guard was eaten by the Rancor, which is fine. But, you know, like we said, it was a figure that was available two times previously, once a target, once in the fan channel. But what's new here is the cardboard, which we will be discussing a lot of cardboard today. Uh, it's on a Power of the Force card, much like the Yak Face from the Sail Barge. It's the first six-inch Power of the Force card with a coin. Uh, weirdly, I think you might have pointed out the dimensions are much taller. I think it's got to be like, I think the card, if if it is as 
the mock-up shows uh, mm-hmm. with those proportions, the card has got to be like 14 some inches tall. So Yeah, because for all the other six inch uh, vintage Kinder cards, they sort of changed the, not dimensions, but they changed the scale, I guess you would say of the figure. On, like the figure sits larger on the card than it does on the vintage collection or Kinder figures. Like proportionally speaking, the figure takes up more of the card. Yeah, and they kind of move things around just a little bit so that it can accommodate that. Yeah, and I guess for the coin, but now they all, I think they could have done it similar to like the first round of A New Hope uh, figures where they had the logo to the side. Yep. And then they could have just had the coin above the figure and it would have looked better because they got rid of the special collector coin call out from the original Power of the Force line. Um, so now it's just like a big black empty nothingness a void yeah there's some uh from a design standpoint the the card back adaptation is oddly faithful but still doesn't work if that makes sense yeah um, at least it doesn't work in the six inch scale but it looks nice it it does via the mock-ups i think it looks neat yeah so. and i think you know as a vintage collector it was a little bit of a kick in the groin to you know see power of the force coins and cards that we've been wanting in vintage collection in six inch scale i mean we got the yak face so this is kind of a similar thing but it's like and the droids oh, the droids cards this year too. yeah and the droids yeah they're getting the coin this year so it was a little bit like a, ah we want that but it's not really the right scale so it feels like they're trying to bring in three and three quarter collectors for this yeah very much so of kind of continuing of really trading on the hey you guys remember three and three quarter inch well that still exists but don't buy yeah. that yeah. here we'll put some new big stuff on the same looking cards from your childhood Woo! yeah it's like eh, i mean is that what we're doing uh, I, I mean yeah tvc obviously trades on a lot of nostalgia too but it's like it seems like a better extension of that line i don't know well it makes sense i mean because yeah yeah like you said extension and uh, you know sorry not to really derail too hard into this no, one no. but if so it, Bring me 10 Black Series collectors that actually care about card backs, and uh, I will, you know, not believe you because I don't <laughs> think that many exist. Uh, I, you know, I've run some informal little polls with like 100 to 200 people participating, and the overwhelming majority, uh, I don't have the number in front of me right now, uh, was really not. They just they just want the figures. They don't care about the card backs. It's not part of the experience for most folks who tend to collect black series anecdotally yeah but i mean they've been putting black series figures on the vintage kinder cards for a couple for anniversaries and the 50th anniversary of lucasfilm well um started for anniversaries and then credit collection and yes then, yes yeah so it kind we'll of exploded it over the last two years yeah so this is a little bit like l and this is also coming off of, you know, you have a lot of great balance of scales info we'll be getting into later um, over the course of the month or so. But as much as we as vintage fans talk about so many repacks, the Black Series also has a ton of repacks. Yeah. Some many on those anniversary cards. Um, so for this, for the first goal out of the gate to be another repack, you know, not that other Haslabs have had all new tooling for every single tier. Uh, but it was a little bit like this is the best you can do it makes sense to have the gamorian with the rancor so you know if you don't have it already i don't know who doesn't already have it and would be backing this anyway but it makes sense as part of the package so it it's kind of like i wish they would have flexed their creative muscle a little bit because this is an opportunity to 
really go wild with the black series like make mm-hmm. make something iconic you know aesthetically for the black series like kind of experiment yeah. with what you can do instead of necessarily just kind of retreading three and three quarter inch ideas and the nostalgia there find ways to totally you know give the black series its own stamp which they really i will give them this they've done a good job of that with the packaging since the 2020 revamp last year with the murals and you know each media property has its own numbering system yeah i I like that love that i love that i love how they look i love the the uh continuity there with uh how you can choose to display your murals so Mm -hmm. it's its own unique uh stamp footprint whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. instead of you know, just co-opting the three and three quarter scale. Yeah. Um, so that the Gamorrean didn't really move the needle a whole lot. So 10 days later, I think it was just a social media post, right? For tier two. Yes. Um, and at this, at this point we were saying it was about 5,142 backers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, was when it had tipped. So that was how I think high it got was that uh, November 15th day. Yeah. So then they revealed tier two which was the quote-unquote world-building backdrop, which was a cardboard uh, cutout of the Rancor pit. And uh, a it's couple a of bones. big cardboard backdrop. Yes, it's very large. We, uh, that's my reaction to that reveal. Um, yeah. We've been getting more cardboard stuff in Vintage Collection as well. Uh, you know, as part of the Navarro Cantina, I'm not super thrilled that the door is cardboard, but whatever. And the window. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I think the window looks okay as sort of, uh, you know, not to compare it to my theme park nerdy side real quick, but when you have a screen on a ride as the main attraction, it's kind of like, that sucks. But when it's like <laughs> part of the attraction, that's cool. It adds to it, you know? Yeah. So it's the same thing with cardboard. When you try to get me excited for a giant cardboard backdrop, it's not going to happen um yeah as many people said very loudly it's one of those like oh that's not just part of the box like yeah yeah it feels like it it could have been it could have been a cool thing just as like oh here's an extra little thing you get okay sweet but like as something to sell it as a selling point to get excited about mm, maybe not so much maybe not the best move they could have done yeah um and the, the bones are neat but again since the rancor didn't have any accessories whatsoever and as the base offering um, I don't my, know. My question is one, what is Ula's headdress made out of that? It survives a Rancor's digestive, yeah. digestive tract <laughs> Two, when did a Rancor eat a Tauntaun three? How did yeah. it, why, why is, I, mm, anyway, <laughs> questions for Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> yes. Let's tweet at him. Let's, let's get that conversation going. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a, the book, a book about it at some point. <laughs> Um, so two days later, we got those sort of maternity photos of Eric and the proud Papa and his baby Rancor, which were nice. I think that was the first time we actually saw it, the physical model, correct? It was, yes. And that's, yes, and that's when we saw the, it's 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 an all-ages show, we'll call it the turtle head mm-hmm. uh, sort of articulation, where they chose to, I think the head is proportional. Everything's proportionally accurate for the most part. You know, I think the feet are a little too big, whatever. But they chose to cut the articulation on the head, basically like on the face. I mean, the rancor is a weird thing. It's like it's a potato bear, as they've called it. They cut the articulation in front of the ears 
Um, so like his face is articulated, not his head, if that makes any yeah, sense. His, his face moves, but then his ears or yeah. like the little earring and all that stays static. And yeah. that, so it's going to look strange in, in outside of any pose, except for just like standing straight forward. And it also has like a giant gap between the head and the body. Um, like he's wearing a big hoodie or something or like he's Palpatine. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just you know i get what they I were going know. for because that's kind of like how the mcfarlane like king shark was engineered okay. is that his head pops into like right. into a socket thing and moves around in there sure but i think yeah with the rancor it's just that that articulation socket is too far forward yeah i think because there's even like a wrinkle on his head or whatever if they move it back one you know, little ridge on his back. I think it would have been a lot better. That's sort of the articulation point they had on the legacy version. Yeah. And to me, it looks a lot better. So I don't know. And then, so November 19th, the, this is it. This is the last thing we're going to do. And let's, let's Uh, keep in mind here that this is all the cards on the table now. And the thing is halfway backed. Yes. Yes. And so after the tier two, the cardboard and the bones, a lot of people, dropped it is it about 200 to 300 people dropped it i believe right yeah no i'm sure well, i'm sure some added but the net yep. loss was about 300 ish net loss was around 300 you know we need to be going up not down so <laughs> yeah so they had to do a quick emergency final live stream to do the final two tiers and the deco which again was kind of meant by a big shrug. Well, that and also that they did that live stream and it was very much like watching people in a house fire going like, oh, everything's fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Not that they need to give into the certainly never the anger or the hate no. of, you know, the comments, <laughs> but there was a clear and loud dissatisfaction with the way that this was going. I think you could say. Yeah, maybe we're just saying that is because this is a vintage collection podcast. But of course, you of know, course. of course, was, we're biased. Yes, yes, but it, it was fairly obvious from taking a look at the internet. Yeah, I mean, the internet's always angry. But <laughs> so, should we talk about the deco first? They've been hyping up the 900 hits of deco for That's, a month. The fact that I've forgotten the 900 part just shows that I stopped <laughs> listening after the first. The first one. I don't think I watched the the. Uh, any other live stream i just saw the photos and pictures and talk afterwards i was that apathetic about it all but yeah the 900 deco hits was like the only talking point that they're like it's big it's got a ton of paint also did we mention it's huge and also there's going to be like a lot of deco on it and it's also (laughs) giant and it's going to have 900 deco hits and you should see how big this thing is it's got a wingspan of 42 inches and then it also has a ton of paint on it and it's giant I was like, hmm. yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, and yeah. Real quick, while you mentioned how big it is, as a sidebar, <laughs> in this live stream, the only thing they compared it to was the Razor Crest, which we don't have in hand. We paid for it last year, still don't have it. That's fine. There's a global shipping crisis. Also, we bought too many of them apparently, so that's our fault for having it delayed. That's the part that I wish they just would have kept to themselves. They said the quiet part yeah. out loud. They yeah. could have just come up with an excuse like, "Oh, we had some last minute tweaks to the packaging or something." I would have been I would have rather been lied to as opposed to just like, "Yeah. Well, you know, you thought we were done with this, but once again, caught with our pants down, we we have to make too many of them." So Yeah. So you're being punished because you you wanted this too much. Yeah. So. 
But uh, so, yes, so comparing it never to an in-person figure, never to a Gamorrean guard, a Luke, a Jabba, anything, they compared it to a Razor Crest, an item that nobody has in their hands that is in a different scale, which means absolutely nothing to me. I have no idea how big it is. I have no idea what it looks on, what it looks like on my shelf. Yeah. It, not a great move. Um, so, yeah, so as back to the deco, you can 900, 9,000, whatever, it's all brown. <laughs> it's it's a big old potato bear. God bless him. Yeah. Um. And then you can say, I guess the maquette that they used was a little darker than it than the final model in the actual film. And they, it looks a little dark. It looks fine. It looks a little glossy like a lot of the Black Series stuff lately. I don't see the huge value in the deco itself. I'm sure, again, from an engineering, design, manufacturing standpoint, I'm sure they did a killer job. Yeah. From a collector standpoint, it, it looks like a Rancor. You know? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's the most decoed Black Series figure ever. It's all brown. It's 50 shades of brown, as we've said. Well, and and you say that too also at the deco. This is at the same time when people are also yelling about how deco isn't just an excuse for premium costs in the collector's yeah. eyes. For a collector yep. like Cobb Vanth is going to be released at a $30, $35 price point. Not because he has any extra accessories or anything, but purely because of extra deco that I'm not quite sure anybody's really noticing. Um, yeah so that's cool but just you know on the hasbro side engineering side awesome that makes sense that's very cool as a consumer mm-hmm. and a collector just looking at some of these things and then looking at the price tags it's kind of just like hmm i don't yeah. see it so yeah it's yeah it's hard for us to see as the the end consumer i guess mm-hmm. um so tier three was a salacious b crumb oh that one uh, chapped me bad yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah because so it, yeah you can talk about that a bit well, if you like yeah so what that was it, you know based on the the card that they did in 2011 the san diego comic-con set uh the revenge of the jedi set the elusive death star with what there was 14 figures and too many cards um mm. and that was the only place you could ever get that carded salacious crumb and and uh mouse droid and they were also numbered 66 and 67 uh needless to say 66 and 67 are the only holes in my <laughs> carded tvc collection yeah. because i don't have uh 2500 to plop down on that set or the 500 to 800 for just the little figures themselves um yes then the black series did get salacious crumb with java in was that 2014 also san diego comic-con exclusive yeah okay yep and then here so and yes also one that is wink not salacious crumb <laughs> uh but identical is packed into a what 30 40 dollar creature pack right yeah, now so that right was now that they revealed during this this it was uh, thing yeah, during the or same, the same event time they revealed the Rancor. Yeah, yeah and they, it went up for sale literally two days before they revealed the Salacious Crumb set. So you can spend $35 if you didn't get the 2014 Jabba the Hutt set, which, you know, I'm sure many didn't, and we're looking for Salacious Crumb or a Kowakian monkey lizard that looks exactly like him. I, I don't so, have him, actually. I don't, I don't have that set, so. I did get I did get that set, so I'm one of the lucky few. But he <laughs> had, uh, his legs, he had, um, he had articulation, but no knees and no ankles. So they added new legs for the Galaxy's Edge set. And they did the first ever um, yellow and blue parrot sort of colors monkey lizard, uh, which is great. And I still want it in three, three quarter inch. Same. But the, yeah, the fact that they had it available and then two days later were hyping it as a big uh, reason to back this $350 Rancor when you can buy one for literally a tenth of the price. Yeah, as a repack. With a bunch of other creatures. Yeah. On a card that 
Black Series character or Black Series collectors really didn't care about. Yes, and it also doesn't because it's a Return of the Jedi card, not a Power of the Force card, so it doesn't fit with the Gamorrean or the next figure, which was Tier Four, which was a character that we have never seen in Black Series before. Certainly not a thousand times already. Uh, is Luke Skywalker? Can you believe it? We got a new Luke Skywalker. This direct from the Hasbro. I'm not even reading this right now. I just remember it when I was looking at it last night. For the first time in eight years, we're bringing you Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker all new. And it's like, you know, when they the when the, the one that they mocked up using the 2014 uh, blue line uh, Jedi Knight Luke uh, for mm -hmm. the 2019 um display where they kind of had the original rancor maquette uh in that display that was just a little bit they they were working on a partial tool to bring return of the jedi jedi knight luke to the black series which they did successfully yes. they made a really nice figure it is proportional it has good articulation the sculpt is the head sculpt that they did is pretty good uh i His like cheeks. it his cheeks are a little rosy, but that's nothing that, you know, a repack can't solve. Yeah. And that also happened to general Obi-Wan. Like, you know, they, the rosy yeah, yeah. cheeks happen. I've got rosy cheeks too. I get it. I like heroes <laughs> that look like me. Um, <laughs> but that was, all, but then that was released as a Walmart exclusive. And we all know how Walmart exclusive go. You either see a ton of them in your area or it never hits your area. And they kind of are hard to, you know, come by. I actually, I bought a few extras and I actually just sold the last one. Um, that I had not too long ago. Yeah. Um, a little bit before this was announced, but the aftermarket price for that figure is still the same. Like yeah. people still want that figure and it is a good figure. So, and wasn't it available again around his appearance in Mando? I think like right before, right after they pulled yeah. one of those wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. It was like a little fan channel. Like, yeah, 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 we, we, we got you. Yeah. The, uh, it popped into Walmart briefly uh, because I think they got another round of that. And then force ghost Yoda, which they can't, get rid right. of so <laughs> so yeah so much like the gamorian it's a solid fake i mean you're not at a, it's not that hard to get this figure the one that exists no. so to have no, an no, all new tool at all so you know and people were calling out for the other characters that interact with the rank or malakili ula especially yeah um so th but then you know has lives not the place for 100 percent newly tooled figures unless it's at the very end of the you know, stretch goal mark when they make a ton of money from this. There's a little extra um, money to pull from. So it was just a little weird because again, that Luke is perfectly fine. Maybe he doesn't have the pinless joints. That's really about it that the current one is missing. I didn't need an all new one. I don't think anybody, nobody's asking for it. Well, you know, there's been so many Lukes over the last few years. So many. And again, this by them revisiting something that they've already done fairly definitively so soon like within yeah. less than two years pretty much yeah and they're making it as an all-new sculpt that takes up the slot of something actually new that people are yeah. actually asking for from relevant media and also i know people speculate oh it's so they can do mando luke for mm -hmm. me personally they're if that's the case they're doing it the wrong way because we already have this look it's engineer an all-new one specific to mandalorian and if you want to make an updated return of jedi one retrofit from there like work backwards from the mandalorian one yeah so if the mandalorian one is accurate and then you can they can gauge how much to spend to make it accurate to return of the jedi because yeah we all want that everyone every figure collector of every line wants that luke from the mandalorian which we have now it's now been just about a year 
since we saw him. And I think literally just Funko is the only one that has one out. Uh, yeah. And Figure Arts just announced theirs and nothing from Hasbro in any scale. Yeah. And because the Figure Arts one is also not super accurate. It's just Return of the Jedi Luke with a new haircut, basically. Exactly. And that's exactly how I think this Black Series one would turn out if indeed they are using yeah. a, this new Return of the Jedi one to build a uh, Mando one out is that it's going to just be, oh, it's Return of the Jedi Luke with a black cloak and a different haircut. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm sure, because a lot of this is planned for 2023, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, various carded and boxed and multi-pack versions of Jedi Luke, which is fine, which is perfect. Again, the existing one is fine. I don't know why they needed to waste the tooling money. They always act like the tooling budget is coming out of their personal paychecks. Yeah. It's like, hey, can, so we, to have, can we have like an extra new figure every year? And they're just like, mm, then we'd starve. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's another Black Series Luke, even though the current one is fine. Yeah, here. Enjoy. So again, on a Power of the Force card, which again, what, we already talked about that. So I'll just say it's similar to the sort of the Galactus HasLab, which I believe was the most, it sold the most units out of any HasLab. The Razor Crest was over 28,000. Galactus was about 31,000. And that had figures for the first three stretch goals, which even though the first two, Nova and the Silver Surfer, use existing or upcoming tooling, kind of just generic male and female bodies that they can reuse a million times that Marvel Legends does. Um, and then they did a morgue figure, which looks to be all new. So it's sort of following the pattern of a couple of repacks and then a brand new sculpt. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if they'll release Marvel Legends later. We're already, you know, far away from vintage collection on this podcast. but so we're not getting too far into Marvel Legends. But it's, I, so I don't know if they looked at the success of that and said, okay, we'll do a couple of repacks and a new one and people will get excited and people will love it. That's what worked. That's what the market data shows. Um, well, I don't know. That that whole Galactus campaign, even though for a while it was kind of looking like it wouldn't quite get there. The whole campaign though, looking back on it, I remember I was constantly seeing ads for it. I was always yeah. seeing hype for it. Um, and by the grace of God, you know, Mr. Stevie, good old Steve Evans, uh, being his hype man self. And even I was tempted to back Galactus because of how yeah. genuinely passionate everyone involved with it was. And then everything they revealed for it only added to fan excitement, only got people more hyped. Whereas the Rancor has been the opposite of it's just like oh i guess we gotta do this let's kick the dust off an old idea and then here's some tears that don't necessarily make that much sense so yeah i'll say with the tears because they didn't have tears when they did the sail barge they added a yak face halfway through which was a figure that was already coming in the main line mm -hmm. um, they added the power of the force coin card and a little cup which i think is the same sculpt as the cups from the r2d2 sail barge figure i'm not 100 sure i did not open that figure same um <laughs> and i i will not open that figure but when they did the razor crest to me personally it felt like the initial base offering was worth the 350 dollars they were asking the vehicle itself it was clear that a lot of love and effort and thought had been put into that uh, it came with mando a figure that you need mm -hmm. even though i'm sure we all had it already but it had the, the cloth cape as part of the base offering it had the awesome weapons rack it had all the different deco hits. We didn't see the deco hits, but you kind of knew what it would look like and say, okay, this looks, you know, it's going to look awesome. Yeah. We didn't need Living. the painted render or anything. Yeah. We knew what it would look like. So. Yeah. It was an exciting, never before done item from a hot new 
uh, Star Wars property that we were all excited about, that we are still excited about and would still love more figures to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the tiers were not amazing. Um, let me pull them up real quick. First was the first tier, the escape pod. Yeah, and that sort of felt like eh, it should be part of the base offering already. No, well, yeah, not only sh- that should be part of the base offering, but like, oh, is that going to be a thing that we see? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. And then the second unlocked was a version of the child with the end of season one hover pram in vac metal, which is cool. And at it, the it, time, Grogu had not existed in vintage collection. Yeah. And now we know that it's going to have an exclusive head and arm, which so it's, it's adding a little bit of newness to the figure, um, new exclusive card exclusive uh early season one or end of season one pram oh my god awesome. okay there were five three okay yes i have it up right now but okay, um so unlock three was the four carbonite blocks which was again that was like we have the hooks for them in the vehicle we know they're coming somehow it was still great to see him included um number four was the display stand which sort of similar to this the slave one display stand i guess um just another nice option to show it you know nobody needed it but it's nice to have. Mm-hmm. And then the final unlock was the Offworld Jawa Elder, um, which I think that was before the Offworld Jawa regular version was shown. But it has an exclusive it, it was, but knife it was necklace. Kind of yeah, yeah. And so they talked about how the, the accessories were exclusive and the card back was exclusive. Um, a knife, a necklace, the open egg. So well, and it's not a ton of... not No, it's all accessory newness for the most part. Um with the with with all the Haslab with both of the uh the um TBC Haslabs are figures that were coming or that were already planned, uh either with you know minor tweaks in the case of Grogu or mm-hmm. with exclusive accessories and different packaging. Yeah. That's about it. You know, it doesn't set the world on fire there. Yeah. Cause like I said, the base offering already felt awesome. These are nice bonuses to have. I'm I'm certainly glad to have the Elder Jawa and this end of season one Grogu and that stuff. Um, I if the vehicle didn't have it, I would still be thrilled with just the Razor Crest. Yeah, I rank or on the other. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, sorry. I just want to I just want to mention too where let's also let it be known and if remember that when the Razor Crest was announced, it was two tier unlocks were all they had planned straight from mm-hmm. their mouths. They said, ah, that's it. Just two tiers blew through them so fast. Yeah. Before they could even reveal them before they could even reveal them. Yeah. And, uh, and then they were playing catch up even, you know, when I was on the previous episode, uh, previous episode with, um, you know, Sarah Reynolds, she was talking about how during that they were boom, 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 trying to like come up with stuff and just do whatever they could to add uh, and sculpt and create, tears and all that stuff that yeah you know trying to listen to the demand and then realizing like oh my god we were not ready for this and which yeah it's kind of like why why weren't you how what how did you not yeah. see this but anyway you know <laughs> i think and then the the off-world java was that 17k or f- yeah seven was that 15 or 17 it was i'm not actually sure okay and then that was the final one but then the numbers continued to just smash through through and through and we we're like hey any chance of maybe another tier unlock as you continue to rake in the dough radio silence no advertising and then it ended and we still haven't yes it. so and at the beginning of the campaign it was the infamous quote of uh you know i'm, I'm only paraphrasing here but i'm sure we all have it uh, tattooed somewhere on our bodies but uh <laughs> Willing to bet that by the time this thing ships, we'll have many of the characters that interact with the ship uh, in the vintage collection. 
Yeah. Which, you know, we got IG-11 since then. We're getting Quill very soon. Um, still don't have Season 1 Grief. Still don't have Heavy Mando. Still don't have Q90 or any of the prisoner transport characters. Uh, we don't have Frog Lady. You know, we're, we're getting st- things. We still don't have Boba like, Fett, who also interacts with it in yeah. Season 2. <laughs> yeah. We're getting, you know, the Ice Spiders, which is awesome, and Maldo Crease Mando and stuff like that. But... They're not exactly bending over backwards to, you know, celebrate the success of the smashing success of the Razor Crest with a bunch of new items in vintage collection. Like we sort of hoped they would. We hoped it would send a clear message that there is a lot of demand for vintage collection, a lot of demand for Mandalorian, a lot of demand for new media stuff in vintage collection, which I thought was pretty clear from the success of the Razor Crest. Yeah. But they do not reward success, they only reward failure. So the Rancor got one final. reveal on november 30th which was the rancor keeper a figure that everyone was saying should have been included from the get-go which seemed like if we don't get it now in black series they're probably never going to do it yeah uh black series is often not the it's not the place for larger items it's not the place for vehicles creatures any world building stuff really um but if you're going to have an item like the rancor it sort of needs the very few characters that interact with it you know it doesn't do a lot in the movie yeah uh, it, it it eats it eats ula yeah. it attacks yeah. luke it eats a gamorian guard and it dies and a fat guy cries <laughs> that's what it does and that's yes. that's not me knocking it i love return of the jedi but yeah you know yeah it doesn't do a lot like you know the barge is the home for dozens of characters it's not a hugely long scene uh, on the barge but you know leia kills jabba you know, it's Luke's first, you know, showcase of him with his full Jedi powers. Ignite the green. It's, yeah. See the lightsaber it's a, for the first time. Yeah. It's a lot of awesome stuff happen in happens on and around the barge. Um, and it's a place where, you know, as a collector for decades, you can put a lot of your figures in there. It's a home for your figures. A nerd's dollhouse, as people have said before. Um, the Razor Crest is sort of similar. It's, you know, you can put your Mando next to it. It's a sort of a place to build the collection around, build your display around it. Yeah. The the Rancor doesn't have that. It has very few Jabba's Palace characters. It doesn't have Ula, it seems like. I don't know. Nobody has any clear indication if Disney or Lucasfilm won't allow that. Um, you know, there's always stories about they want to have a family-friendly reputation, which is fine for them. Ula is basically nude. I mean, she is nude in the film mm-hmm. um, for a split second, but Malakili is basically nude anyway. Um, so, you know, I don't think they're going to, these are not characters that they're probably likely to sell on shelf at Walmart or Target anytime soon, but they, they're needed for the, if they're trying to make it a world building thing, you have to have the the five or six characters that the Rancor interacts with. It it feels like that's a lot of people were hoping to, to get. And then, so Hasbro pulled it out of their, pulled it out of the ether. Oh, here's Malakili. He's coming. Just kidding. We're and sorry. He's... Not only coming as a tier unlock, but yeah, just base. part of the base offering. Yeah. Yes. Which. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What kind of message does that send? Do you think? What did I? What did I write down here? I one. I don't think it sends a good message. Um, yeah. You know the implications. I, I wrote down implications of Malakili here is, you know, if he's exclusive to the Haslab only and never released in the main line, you know, that's mm-hmm. Hasbro admitting that the Ranker was indeed overpriced and that they mm-hmm. can put new figures in a Haslab product uh, project if they so if they so choose yeah uh, if he is released in the mainline later 
Uh, you know, I think that would be to recover their costs, which I think the common number for tooling is a tooling a figure is around what a hundred thousand bucks, something around there. Yep. Um, and Mal- Malakili was a last minute change to their 2023 plans. So his all new sculpt comes at the expense of something else all new, kind of like Luke does. Um, you know, that shows that they can also change mainline plans around the success of a Haslab. You know, why are yeah. we not getting more new figures that directly support and interact with the Razor Crest after how successful that was? It sends the message that positivity and passion and really just, you know, going for it with especially in three and three quarter inch uh that's not to be rewarded but whining complaining and frankly saying some really awful stuff uh which the internet is awful (laughs) yeah i tried to stay out of it um yeah that that yields results that you know and it also is like is black series too big to fail for them uh yeah what are their priorities it sends a message one that's like hey fans collectors we hear you if you collect six inch, if you only collect three and three quarter yeah. inch or that's where your interests lie, oh, go away, please. Yeah. So like I said, they, they reward, they don't look at the success of the Razor Crest as a reason to build out a, a huge line around Mandalorian, but they do look at the failure of the Rancor current, you know, relative failure, you know, as a reason to bend over backwards and get a new figure in there. Um, and then that sort of opens the floodgates. And then a few days later for the concurrently running G.I. Joe Sky Striker Haslab, they somehow were able to add three new figures um, to that as well, because that's also kind of floundering. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't it's just it's it's strange. Like we, we we try to be positive. We try to have happy beeps and we try to, you know, say what we want about the line. And I don't I know this has come across as negative, but it's a l- been a little disheartening this campaign on a number of levels yeah i'm not i'm not here to you know sit here and say anybody needs to be fired or you know screw these people or whatever no that's not at all any part of what i'm trying to get across here and you know like you said john you know swtvc always trying to have calm collected discussion and education and find ways to con you know constructively unify and you know politely nudge hasbro in directions of what fans are asking for of you know what we're at trying to move the needle and we are not getting that still even despite how you know we have been trying to mobilize positive constructive efforts uh yeah. you know it all it, it i don't know but this does show that you know the fact that they threw this in and it's like oh we hear you it's like okay so you had no idea what you were doing when you were planning this out yeah like this was a no-brainer and if it was such a no-brainer why did it take the majority of the campaign and a lot of embarrassment to get that going? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I it's, don't know. Again, very much sends nothing but wrong mess. I'm glad that they're doing Malachili. I'm glad they came to their senses. And that is part yes. of this HasLab rancor because it's important. The way that this all shook out is what I have the problem with. Yes. It's, it's, it feels like they're propping up black series as it's failing as one project is failing anyway and still refusing to um look at the success of vintage collection uh that's what it feels like might not be the reality i'm sure they would you know they are doing this for the gi joe i'm sure they would do this if a vintage collection has was failing in the same way that this is i mean the yak face might have been a way to, to goose the numbers for the sail barge but it you know yeah feels like it's not sending a great message no and that also during a time is and i said this to you yesterday john but 
it kind of feels like right now we're in a bit of a perfect storm of apathy and kind of carelessness and not really understanding. Um, that's not just a Hasbro problem. It's Disney to LFL to Hasbro. It's just yeah. somewhere in that chain, something happened. It's had nothing but a negative effect on what used to be a cornerstone of the Star Wars experience, action figures. Now they're just an afterthought while people count money. That's, yeah. I just, I don't feel the passion from any of the companies involved. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But that's a whole different subject. But just kind of right now, tying in with where the ranker is, how it's been performing, and how they're treating it's, this particular item. Not a fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm crying like Malakili, frankly, exactly. over it. Let me take my shirt off and I will also cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quick, let's check in on the Rancor as it stands now. So we started it at about an hour ago. Mm -hmm. We checked in. Uh, let's see. Let's pull up the app here. Active projects. Rancor's, oh, it's okay. So it's crossed. It's gotten five backers in the last hour. Woo! So, okay. It's on the upward trend. It's got five over the last hour. That's something. Yeah. That's something. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't want has, I want. We want Hasbro to do well, obviously. Yeah. We want vintage collection want especially to, to do well. The better they do, the better we can all do. It seemed like a series of unfortunate events, a series of uh, self-enforced errors uh, that could have been avoided, frankly. I think a lot of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Would any of us do a better job in their shoes? I don't think so. You know, I would put Similu uh, yeah. in the line and tank it immediately, you know. <laughs> all I would be releasing is, you know, Ben Solo. So yes, <laughs> yeah, I would be I would be responsible for Ollie's product for the next ten years. So yes, <laughs> Ollie's is, will be very well stocked with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, real quick, just last minute, John. Any any yes. any eleventh hour predictions for how this might shake out? Like, what gut feeling? What do you what do you think is going to happen in the next fifty hours? Um, I think you know with some of these other Haslabs, I don't, I don't have all the numbers, but I know some of them have done well at the at the end. Um, it seems highly unlikely that it's going to hit all uh, the tier unlocks. Luke is at 19,000, which seems, you know, it puts really puts the stretch and stretch goals. Mm -hmm. um, I hope it gets it. I don't know. I, I don't really want this item, but, you know, the classic FOMO surge of being a completist, um, it's, you know, it's caused me to really go geez, I don't want it, but, you know, am I going to regret not having it? Yeah. I'm in that struggle at the moment. I need to, I need to break free. I'm sure Tyler is listening to this and going. He's grinding his teeth to yeah. paste. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's, it's a cool item. It could have been presented a lot better. It could have been, some of the things could have been done better. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope, I wish the brand team well. I hope it's a smashing success. Uh, in the last two days uh, yeah. to really turn the ship around, really turn this barge around. Um, I hope the right lessons are learned here. Yes. Is all I'll say uh, in terms of yeah. the Hasbro team. My takeaway is that vintage collection three and three quarter is, is always has been always will be the world building scale, the scale for star Wars. Uh, that's all I'll say. Okay. Well, hit me with a, hit me with a number. Just, Throw a number out there, a guess of what do you think it's going to end at? It's going to end at. Currently, it's. It's going to end at. I'll, uh, do you think it's going to get backed? Yes, right. I think it's going to get backed. I think it's going to get backed. 
I think it's gonna it needs nine thousand, right? Yes. Oh my god. I it's gonna get let's say tier one is eleven thousand, right? So that's gonna hit Gamorian Guard. I think we're gonna get the Gamorian Guard. I'd be surprised if we got anything else. Okay. So twelve. That's 000. where I'm at with it right now. Uh before Malachili, I would have I would have said nine to fifty like nine to <clears throat> ten thousand. Uh yeah. I would I think it still would have been backed. With Malachili, I think it's probably gonna be Yeah, I I, I would put it maybe around twelve five or thirteen. Thirteen yeah. thirteen. I mean, is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would move in is, is Malachili that enticing to people, or is it just that's an excuse people can point at yeah. should have had Malachili, should have had Ula. I'm being generous with my like a yes, big part yes. of me thinks I don't know if this is even going to clear you know ten thousand. I, I I think yeah. it's I, I think it's going to get backed. I don't know how much. And again with confusion on uh, international backers, I'm pretty sure it's been said that they've been factored in already. But I thought, but a lot of has been said about this campaign that turned out not to be that's true. True, you can't that. And that's the downside here is that there's not a lot of transparency, and the informa- information that you do get is not always stuff that you can actually trust. So yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll say one last thing uh, in terms of the the timing of this or the fact that they're running three Haslabs all at once between the Ghostbusters Proton Pack, the G.I. Joe Sky Striker, and this Rancor. Um, I bumped the microphone. A lot of the other Haslabs had their, their lane to play in um, and do really well. I will say the Razor Crest and the, was it the Hero Quest game? Yeah. The Quest and the Crest. Uh, sounds like I'm saying the Razor <laughs> Quest. But... Um, those ran at the same time. The Hero Quest started three days earlier. Both of them were amazing successes. Maybe it was because the timing was better. Maybe because they were both products that people really wanted. Um, maybe because they weren't trying to relaunch a dead format in G.I. Joe O-Ring figures and prop up a format that has not worked well, which is giant Black Series items. I don't know. Maybe it's because one was an action figure product, one was a gaming product, not two action figure products and a role play item. I don't know. But... I think it would, they would be better to have one or two very different Haslabs going at a time instead of asking for, maybe there's not a ton of crossover, maybe that's just an excuse, but if if I was running the show, I would say, let them each have their space, let them remain special, you know, to get the marketing dollars behind it anyway. Yeah, I'd that's say at least... What I say about that? At least 31 days of the 45-day window, no other projects running. Yeah, so. yeah. And also, if you have a second HasLab from the same brand, maybe ship the last one before you start a new one. That might be something to think about. Yeah, this, uh, what, the Sentinel was starting to ship a little before, during, and I think people are still getting them. Um, yeah, it was during- sort of, I think, during the end of Galactus, but it was like... It- yeah, please buy a second enormous purple action figure yeah. man. But it wasn't we see like your first one. Yeah, but they weren't like, oh, and the reason that you don't have your Sentinel yet is because yes. we have to make too many of them because you guys <laughs> wanted them too much. So, um, yes, I don't exactly. know. I will say though, I do believe that if a TVC Haslab launched tomorrow, uh, it would be backed within the first couple of days. So, yes, I regardless of other Haslabs going, there is demand. I agree. I agree. So, all right. Well, I should go. Thank you, John. I appreciate you. Well, that was John and I's chat about the Rancor, but we're only two out of five members of SWTVC. Uh, a couple of the other guys, Lewis and Tyler, did send their thoughts along. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just throw their unfiltered thoughts at you as well, because this is a team effort. Uh, first up will be Tyler, obviously, and uh, 
Also, obviously, the British one is Lewis. So here you go. So trying to be objective, if I were a TBS collector, um, I have to agree that I would not see a $350 value uh, in the Rancor alone. I, I just I just don't see it. When I compare that to the Razor Crest and all of the detail and the removable panels and just everything on that on that ship is just gorgeous and beautiful. And then I look at the Rancor and to me it just screams like giant hunk of plastic with articulation. Like I just I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of articulating points, but aside from it being a, an engineering marvel, maybe I just don't see the appeal. And, and certainly to me, that doesn't justify a $350 price tag uh, by itself. And so therefore, uh, for the TBS community, the tier unlocks or the stretch goals, whatever you want to call them, were the make or break factor in this campaign. Unlike for, uh, you know, the Razor Crest, where the Razor Crest was backed in just over a day, uh, and all of the tiers were just kind of nice bonuses. Um, and even then, they weren't all that spectacular either. Um, I especially had issues with the the bounty uh, carbonite blocks uh, being added as a tier unlock when they had already engineered clips into the ceiling of the Razor Crest. Um, so you're. <laughs> that was just weird. But anyway, uh, so yeah, the tears were the make or break factor on this. And the tears were a bust by all accounts. Um, most people were not impressed. Um, so now let's get into the holiday season as a, you know, is it a legitimate factor or is it an, is it an excuse? Um, I, I mean... I think certainly for some people, that was the deciding factor. The, the fact that this wraps up, uh, you know, only a couple of weeks before Christmas, um, when people are trying to save for Christmas presents or to travel or, you know, whatever, uh, definitely was the deciding factor in some people electing not to uh, back the Rancor. Um, at the same time, though, uh, it was apparently not a problem for the Razor Crest campaign. I mean, 28,000 plus Razor Crests were backed with the exact same price tag. Uh, I alone backed three of them. I know many people backed multiple of them. So the holiday season was apparently not an issue uh, for the Razor Crest campaign. It seems to be an issue for this one, though. Um, and I think that that speaks to. Uh, a difference between the two communities. I think that the Black Series community, a lot of them are not uh, diehard, collect-them-all sort of people. Um, a lot of them are kind of casuals. Um, they pick and choose what they want to buy. Um, and that kind of makes sense given, number one, their price tag. They are a pricier line of figures. Uh, and number two, you know, there's the space factor. Um they simply take up more space than 3.75 inch figures and vehicles and whatnot. Um, obviously because of the scale. So those are both factors. Uh, also people who collect six inch figures might collect other lines. And that's where you run into the problem of, uh, 
three HasLab campaigns running concurrently, which I don't think is a is a good idea. I think that a genuine, legitimate criticism is that they should not have run three HasLab campaigns concurrently. Uh, I do think that that was a poor decision. So that is one aspect in which I would agree with the Black Series community that that was not a wise choice. Uh, these things should be spread out throughout the year. Hasbro, you know, the the franchise teams, the brand teams for each of the franchises should be communicating with each other to ensure that these campaigns do not all run at the same time. Uh, that's just not a smart idea. Also, I saw someone make the point that I actually agree with that a better idea to run these campaigns would be during uh, tax return season as opposed to running them right before the you know the holiday season where people have potentially other more important priorities for their finances and they can't justify spending 350 to 500 dollars on a crazy dream item right before christmas or or whatever so yeah running running it during tax return season when people you know, get their, their tax returns and they suddenly have a, a chunk of change with, you know, disposable income, that, that would be a better time to run these campaigns. I definitely have to agree with that. Uh, that being said, clearance vultures, meaning people who do not want to pay full price for things because they have arbitrarily decided that, you know, item X or item Y is overpriced according to their own minds with no actual data or evidence to the contrary, uh, is a problem in, in both scales. Um, clearance vultures are a problem in both scales. Uh, both scales, both communities, uh, that being 3.75 and 6-inch, of course, um, have toxic people in their communities that deliberately wait to buy things on clearance. And when you have people that deliberately don't buy things at full price, uh, that hurts the line. Uh, like straight up, there's no other way to put it. That, uh, that hurts the line. And I think that's one of the contributing factors to why we did not see a newly tooled vehicle in the vintage collection this year. Because from Hasbro's perspective, you know, they offer the ITT or, you know, the Imperial... Uh, combat assault tank uh, and they tell you what the price is and people are like mm, no it should cost x amount of money instead and so they deliberately wait for it to be discounted and that makes it a lot less likely that hasbro is going to offer uh, newly tooled vehicles and stuff like that um, and that was a problem with this campaign too while i would agree that the rancor by itself uh is not worth $350. <laughs> people were, you know, the, the, the prices that people were throwing out there that this thing should apparently cost instead, instead were just ludicrous. I mean, I saw people saying $100, $120, $150. Like, <laughs> that's just so ludicrously absurd. Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, there's just, that's not based in any kind of reality to suggest that, you know, it should be discounted by that much. Um, also, has Haslabs don't discount uh, based on community reactions. Um, they're not going to drop the price. That's not how this works. Um, it's pretty unprecedented 
that they added Malakili in as, you know, part of the base offering, that was unprecedented. And a newly tooled figure to be added as a, uh, an, an extra incentive to this campaign is unprecedented and I think sets a very bad precedent. And many others in the community have, have said the same. So that's nothing new. This isn't just my opinion. This is, uh, you know, the general consensus from a lot of uh, big names, uh, Bantha Skull being one of them. Uh, I think that <laughs> Six Inch is simply not the world building scale. The, there's only one world building scale and that's 3.75. And it's been that way for decades. 3.75 was the chosen scale back in the 70s uh, because it works perfectly for offering vehicles and beasts and play sets and dioramas that are not too big, not too expensive. Um, they don't take up too much space. They're, it's, it's the perfect size for world building. It always has been. That's why that scale was chosen to be the size that it was. Uh, when you magnify things to six inch scale, it just becomes too big. It just becomes too expensive. And, you know, they have tried time and time again to make six inch a bigger and more expensive world building scale. And it just doesn't work. They keep trying to reinvent the wheel and I don't understand it. You've had the world building scale for decades. Stick to world building in the scale that was exclusively made for that purpose. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. It, it just doesn't work and it fails every single time. Now, that being said, looking at the campaign, uh, the numbers are still climbing. It's coming up on 6,000 backers soon, which means that it'll be approximately uh, two-thirds funded very soon. So it, there is a chance that this thing may still limp across the finish line. Uh, but as far as unlocking tiers and getting all the way to you know the brand new Luke, which is unnecessary in the first place, those seem very unlikely at this point. Of course, anything can happen. You know, these sort of campaigns are very unpredictable. There could always be a last minute FOMO surge. Uh, you know, anything can happen. We don't, we don't know how this is going to go. But on the trajectory that it's on right now, it looks like this thing may not be funded. And even if it is funded, uh, tier unlocks are certainly no certainty whatsoever. It could actually be a situation where lots of people cancel in the final hours of the campaign if the tier unlocks do not look likely. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of people I think are hoping that the tier unlocks will all be unlocked to help justify the price. And that doesn't look very likely at this point. So there could be last minute cancellations or cancellations even after it gets funded, which if there's enough cancellations, it makes you wonder if, if you know, 2,000 people cancel and it drops back down to 7,000 backers, does that mean that the project will no longer go into motion because they've lost so many, so many backers, so much money? Uh, it's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know how that would work, but that would be pretty unprecedented if it, if it happened. Um, that'd be pretty crazy. But even if this project is successfully backed. Um, can, can this even really be considered as a success? I mean, there was so much negative, you know, PR 
so much negativity surrounding this campaign. Um, this HasLab has driven a huge wedge between the collector base and Hasbro and the brand team. Um, <laughs> I, I hardly consider this a, a smashing success, even if it does get funded. Um, Hasbro made a lot of mistakes. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And the Black Series community, I think, was justified in calling out the, the lackluster tiers and offerings in this campaign. But at the same time, I think the community uh, also behaved terribly in a lot of respects. <laughs> so while I commend them for, you know, speaking with their wallets and, and voting with their wallets and, and not accepting uh, mediocrity, I, I do commend that. And I, I do think that that was a good thing to do. Um, at the same time, some of the criticisms in the comments that I've seen were just really unwarranted and really nasty. And I think that uh, it didn't reflect well on their community at all. Uh, so I, I would hope that the TVC community would um, not behave that way and would uh, conduct themselves in a, in a better manner than that. You know, I expect us to do better than that. I think it sends a much stronger message to, you know, like we did with the Razorcrest backing it in, you know, just over a day. That's clear demand. You know, you want to talk about market data. You know, they offer a Rancor, a gigantic beast in the scale that's not the world building scale. Uh, in the scale that doesn't ask for beasts all the time. TVC, you know, 3.75 inch collectors, we ask for beasts all the time. We have constantly and consistently asked for a Blurg and a Mudhorn since their debuts in The Mandalorian, and those requests have been just completely ignored. Completely ignored. Um, and it's really unfortunate. But feed the community that is asking for the items. That's the best advice that I can give Hasbro. It's just make better choices. Um, because I don't think the, the Rancor was a good choice because of the fact that Ula apparently cannot be made and Malakili is not the greatest choice for a mainline release later. Uh, I just don't think the Razorcrest, or excuse me, um, I don't think that the Rancor was a, a good decision. And that being said, I don't really know what would have been a good decision for a TBS HasLab. Uh, I know a lot of people asked for a, you know, Millennium Falcon cockpit. Uh, is there really thousands of people who, who want that? Is there really thousands of people who want a six inch ATST? Is there really, you know, how many people would really be willing to fork over the costs for those things? Um, it's hard to say. So maybe uh, the Black Series is just simply not conducive to HasLab campaigns. Okay, so uh, thoughts on the Rancor. <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? Okay, I'll start by saying I'm, I'm recording this on Monday morning. Um, here in the UK, uh, we've got 13 hours and 46 minutes left of the Rancor campaign. Uh, the UK Pulse website for some reason, I think it finishes at midnight uh, in the UK, which I believe is about five hours behind where it finishes uh, for you guys in the US. So um, yeah, 13 hours, 46 left, and we are currently at 5,679 backers. So we're, we're, we're pushed past that 60% backing, but it's still got some way to go. 
Um, so I guess first question, would I back, well, have I backed it? Would I back it? Um, I haven't backed. Uh, I'm not six inch collector, as most of you probably know. Um, I, uh, unlike John and Evan, I, I, I've never dipped my toe into that that pool and I, I, I have no interest, to be honest, in backing something that doesn't suit the scale of my collection. So I, I am coming at this from someone who sits completely outside um, of, that, of that collecting area. Looking in as a Star Wars fan and someone who's obviously interested in the Haslabs, this is obviously my take on it. Um, I, I, th I think the first thing that sort of I would touch on is, is it a good choice? Is the Rancor actually a good choice uh, for Black Series Haslab? Um, I'm glad that the Black Series collectors have had the opportunity to, to get a Haslab uh, to have their chance. We've obviously had two now and I think it's, it's only fair that they have that opportunity. Um, but it does beg the question is, is this the right choice for them, uh, for their products and for their line? I have to say when the Rancor was first um, dropped, revealed, accidentally revealed, uh, conspiracy theorists might say it was uh, deliberate, um, I, I, immediately I questioned is this the right thing for a Haslab? Uh, it doesn't feel that it has enough for me um, to warrant being something that is special enough for a Haslab. I don't feel it has enough going for it. It's not like the Crest and the Barge where you have so much to interact with. You know, you have panels that can come off, you have interactive pieces. It can be displayed in a number of different ways. It can be displayed with lots of different figures in lots of different situations, particularly the Crest uh, can be used in lots of different situations. Um, and I feel that, that for uh, the Rancor, it's, it feels that it just doesn't, it has those limitations already built into it. Um, I'd be interested, to be honest, to have been a fly on the wall in the, the Hasbro teams uh, to sort of selling when they sold this and when they actually decided on this was the product that we're going to go forward as, as the, the Black Series Haslab. Um, because, you know, whoever sold it and whoever, dis they, when they discussed this, they must have looked at, well, what are the selling points of this? And really, when you look at what we've been been given throughout this whole campaign you know it's big it's got a long arm span uh, it's got 900 uh, applications of paint it, to me it doesn't seem enough to really get people interested and really make this thing seem uh precious enough i guess for a hazard project and so straight away i, I think you, you sort of question why why was this picked why was this chosen i know we've uh, john and evan have obviously touched on the fact that we've seen vehicles in the past in black series fail or at least not do very well uh, and i know that one of the things that the hasbro team did mention was that this was not going to be a vehicle and i suspect that's simply because they have realized that it, it's it's not going to be something that's widely received in this scale uh, so creature seemed perhaps the best the next best choice um possibly not looking at the figures now um but you have to question is this good value is this something that that from a Haslab perspective is the right choice from the, the point of view of what it is and how much it costs and again from someone looking in um obviously we have rancors in 3.75 lines so it's difficult to put myself in a situation where would i want a rancor if i didn't have one i, I certainly would but would i want one uh, knowing that I've now got a number of rancors, um, it's difficult to say what would I pay for one that's super articulated. I certainly don't think 350 or 330 pounds in the UK. Um, I don't think that's a, a, a good, necessarily a great value. Um, but I guess like anything, it, it's 
It's about perceived value. I think that what something costs to produce, uh, you know, companies are allowed to make profit on what they make. Uh, I'm not knocking Hasbro at all for, for what they put this up for in terms of the price. And I think sometimes it's perceived value. It, it comes down to, will someone pay that for it? Do they think it's worth it? Uh, I do remember at the time, I think the Crest, there were people that were saying the Crest was expensive. Uh, personally, I think, you know, again, perceived value. For me, I feel like you've got your money's worth. Uh, I certainly feel I'm getting my money's worth with it. And I, I guess that's what it comes down to is, do people feel they're getting their money's worth with this? And I, I think the comments with tears and the, the lack of, you know, people feel the support that goes with this rancor on its own uh, suggests that people aren't perceiving that the value is here. And, and again, I think that's perhaps goes back to, is this the right choice? Um, it does make me wonder if when this was again first brought into the line, whether it was really thought through because again, you look at what figures interact with this. Uh, yes, Luke Jedi. Yes, Gamorian Guard. Um, but then you've obviously got Ula and you've got Malakili. And it does beg the question that why wasn't Malakili there to start with? Uh, if, if, if Hasbro were trying to make this a world-building product or make this something that at least it could sit as a centerpiece in a display, it at the very least needs to have the figures around it that would interact with it. Um, and to not have that Malakili there from day one is a foul. Um, Ula, we, <laughs> we realised there probably are issues out of Hasbro's control on that one. And that's probably a figure that the Black Series will never see. Um, but again, if that's the case, at the point of conception of this idea, should someone not have stood there or spoke up and actually said, this isn't going to work? Um, I guess looking from outside in, uh, there's not so much I can say about the tiers and the products because most of this I've not paid that much attention to just simply because it's not something that I'd be interested in picking up. Um, I guess things like the cardboard seems a little bit off, but I kind of feel that with the crest, some of the tiers weren't particularly uh, inspiring. Um, but I, I think that the importance is that the, the main the main element is something that gives the value. I think the, the tiers should be seen as a bonus, not as something to try and drive collectors. And I think Hasbro releasing uh, those tiers all at once in, in an attempt to try and get people to back it uh, actually kind of backfired, but, but actually it, it takes away the momentum for any, any back in any way. Um, with the crest, it, it drove people to the next, next tier. And in fact, the crest was probably blown through the tiers quicker than the, than the tiers were being announced. But, uh, but the idea of the tiers driving that across the whole time span of that, of that project, I think is an important thing. And it's all about building momentum to the end. And the live stream where Hasbro came out and revealed them all, revealed the, the, the Rancor, talked about the size, talked about the draw, oh, the draw, how great that is. Um, it just, it felt that that was it. There was just nothing left. There was nothing left to give that project any kind of momentum. And so again, I'm not sure really that doing what they did was the right thing. They listened to perhaps some of the fans who were calling for those tears to be revealed. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily worked in favour of the, of the campaign at the end of the day. 
Um, so for me, looking in, I, I look at this more as what are the implications for future Haslabs. Um, I worry that the introducing, uh, sorry, the introduction of Malakili um, uh, towards the end, not even as a tier, but purely thrown in as part of the uh, of the you know the, the whole the whole thing. Um, one, an incredibly strange move, but two, I think it just potentially could kill any future Haslabs. I actually do feel that it, it, I, it, I was actually shocked. I was shocked when I saw it. And I'll be honest, I'm still a bit lost for words on it now because I just feel that people can hold Hasbro hostage on any future HasLab campaigns and it's just going to be damaging. And for me, as a 3.75 collector, uh, I want to see future HasLabs shine. I want to see them beat the crest. I want to see them go on. And I'm not sure with the precedent that's been set, that that will necessarily happen. Um, I think it's important for us to all realise that Haslabs are there to fail. And I think sometimes people are putting a bit too much on the fact that this is going to fail, it's a disaster, it's all wrong. Well, whether or not you agree with multi-billion dollar companies doing crowdfund projects, which is probably a whole discussion in itself, um, just to take a crowdfunding project uh, and say, well, look, this is all about creating something that's special, something that's that's uh, you know unique, never going to be seen again, and actually wouldn't particularly do well at retail. I think that makes sense, um, and I think in some ways that it's about taking risks. And, and I would say with this, Hasbro, I think, have taken a risk. They've they've looked at a, a line which hasn't done particularly well with well-building elements in the past. Uh, they're attempting to try and do something that's crossed over between the figures that do sell and the well-building aspects that don't do so well. And I think there's a risk there, and I can partly understand why. Um, and if it fails, and, and at the moment it's it's heading that way, but if it fails, I don't think it necessarily from Hasbro's perspective should be seen as a negative. I, I think it's something they could actually pat themselves on the back and say, well, we didn't put tens of thousands of them out to retail uh, to see them all sit there and then go to clearance. So I think failure, it shouldn't be seen negatively if the right conclusions are actually drawn from this. Um, my biggest fear is that perhaps the wrong conclusions will be drawn from it. Uh, as a Star Wars collector, I don't feel that um, this should impact the 3.75 line, but I worry that perhaps the wrong message may be taken uh, for Star Wars Haslabs generally, and I wouldn't want to see that. Um, I think that the right messages need to be taken in that the 3.75 scale is the scale where we want to see the world building. And I think um, that really that's the sort of conclusion and the lessons that Hasbro perhaps need to learn here. Um, I'm not saying there shouldn't be future Black Series Haslabs, but I think they really need to look hard at what those may or may not be. And I wouldn't really want to be the person to actually make those decisions because to be honest, sitting here now, I, I would struggle to really come up with something that I feel would actually be marketable. Um, but I mean, what's the repercussions for the next TBC HasLab? Uh, hopefully there will be one. Um, my concern is a little bit that you may get collectors holding out and sitting on their hands and saying, well, we're going to wait. Uh, we're going to wait and we're going to try and push Hasbro to see just how much more we can get from them, um, seeing as they seem to be happy to do that. Um, 
I personally, as a collector, you know, I, I, as someone that really wants to see the next Haslab do well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn because part of me thinks, yeah, let's hold out, let's get pushing for more. Um, but really, the, 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 the passionate 3.75 collector in me wants to just back it day one and push, push that thing and really show Hasbro that actually 3.75 is where the, the well building and where the Haslabs and where these type of projects need to sit. Um, so yeah, I did joke the other day, uh, perhaps the second one I'll hold out onto as hostage, but, uh, yeah, I, I personally, I, I think I'd rather just smash it day one, um, beat the crest performance and hope we go from there. So I really hope that, that I'm not alone in, in saying that I hope that other 3.75 collectors feel the same way and that they would like to show Hasbro that no, we're not, we're not going to whine about things and we're not going to hold out and hold hostage. Uh, and actually we will celebrate, assuming again, it's the right project, assuming it's something that's a good project, uh, but you know, we will celebrate the line and, and be positive and, and, and show our support with our wallets. Um, but that's, that's, uh, that's out of everyone's hands, I guess. We'll see what, what comes up next. Um, I think just to, to round off, uh, I know um, Evan had asked for uh, where do we think this is going to end up? What's the predictions? Well, in the time I've been sitting here talking, uh, we're now up to five, six, eighty. So we've literally gained what's that? One, I think. <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest, I, I know Evan and John are both optimistic uh, in the sense that they they feel this is going to be backed. Uh, I, I could eat these words, but I really, at this point, don't feel this is going to get backed. I know there's a question mark over international backers. Um, uh, there may be all sorts of other things that can get thrown in the pot at the end that we're not aware of. Uh, there you know, could be corporate corporations that buy chunks of these uh, that don't get lumped in. I don't know. Uh, there is an element that we are not aware of here. But uh, at, at less than 6,000 uh, with 13 hours to go here, you know, 20 hours-ish, um, if, if you want to sort of count the US uh, timescales, um, I just can't see it doing it. I can't see it pushing through. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, folks, that's it. I was thinking of more thoughts to throw at you guys here at the very end, but you don't need to hear any more from me. That's the SWTVC episode finally addressing the Rancor. It's over. It's done. Let's. It's done. Let's move on again condolences to those who wanted it genuinely and i'm sorry that it didn't back uh, i do hope as i said at the top of the show and as a couple of us have mentioned throughout the course of this episode that the right lessons are learned here and that as we move forward we can see some actionable changes being made to you know maybe how haslabs are approached or how the star wars brand is approached by the team uh you know are they going to finally learn kind of a little more data on how their consumers collect? Anyway, that's, I feel like there's more episodes worth of stuff to talk about here, but it's all been said. Nothing here is particularly unique. Uh, I, I appreciate you listening. I'm sorry for just kind of rambling at you. Huge thank you to not only my at SWTVC teammates, John, Tyler, Lewis, and Carlo, but everyone out there in the community with whom I've had, uh, personally, really great conversations about this campaign with over the last month and a half. And again, I just, 
Man, you know, okay, sorry. It's just a clunky, awkward outro for a very clunky, awkward campaign. So while I, you know, well, yes, awkward. It's me stammering over myself. It thematically fits. That's it. That does it for this episode. This long, Rancor-based Black Series-based episode of the SWTVC podcast. Remember, keep 375 alive. Back TVC. Balance the Scales Hasbro. Finish the 96. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>